0: It's like a homecoming, peeps. This is like a homecoming. Welcome into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. By our calculations, Josh and I have not been in studio together in the month of July. Is that right? Think about that for a moment. Today is July 12th. We had uh, last week, because of stu- a studio reconstruction and because our owners, bosses, Brian and Casey Vineyard are real Americans that celebrate the 4th of July like everyone should celebrate the 4th of July and made it a 3-day break we only worked the 2 days and I was on remote both days and then if I'm going back the Friday June 30th was Baker's camp the Thursday June 29th was Caven's so what's up, Josh? First time in July, we're in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio together. Let's go. And Let's a, go. a
1: very happy uh, Wednesday good morning to you. Good to see you.
0: Good to see you, man. I really am I'm grateful. Just real quick, uh, my daughter's taking up golf. She started in December. It's been a roller coaster ride. But we, we want to do it right. You know, we want her to have fun. And so her golf coach at Washington said, hey, put him in some of these tournaments. It'll be good for him. I don't really know how good it's been, my man, but it was interesting. It I think what it does when you struggle, it shows you a level you need to get to. And when you're playing pretty well, it's a confidence builder. We were somewhere in the middle of that, Josh. We were somewhere in the middle of that. We ran out of gas, let's just say this for someone who's going to play a lot of 18-hole tournaments. We ran out of gas on about hole number 7, which is a little bit concerning right now. But it was cool. It was wild. Did you hear the story? Did you see the tweet yesterday? That I sent out. So just real quick, and then we'll get to Big Twelve Media Day. Parker's coming up at the bottom of this hour. He is en route to Arlington. Everything gets going a little bit kind of later for some reason today. You know, trying to hit that uh, lunch traffic. I guess so. So Steelman and Thune will be all over it coming up at noon, and we'll talk about Brett Yormark. Pat Fitzgerald did indeed get fired yesterday, which led to a. Myriad of former football players fighting with each other over what's regular and what isn't regular, what's normal and what's not normal on Twitter and on different podcast platforms, which I found fascinating. But, Josh, I have been either unfortunate or fortunate that so far with two of my kids at the age to be competitive in youth sports, we're 0 for 2, we're over two. I haven't had to spend but maybe one or two Saturdays at tournaments, and after those one or two Saturdays, it was quickly determined either by coach coming and having to tell me something I already knew, which is I don't, I don't know if she or, or Will's ready for this, Right, number one. Or number two, just the kid realizing, yeah, we got to go, Dad. I, I don't think I'm at this level yet. So, you can say, oh, terrible dad, fine. I just, I'm not going to force my kid to go out and hit 500 golf, or baseballs when they don't want to. It's worked out so far, Josh. I've got one at West Point, and I've got a couple honor roll students. But as far as summer dad, summer league, you know, putting other drinks in the bottle instead of water, you know, sitting and watching my kid all day, that hasn't been my life, right? right. I've been, I haven't been that life. That, that that's not been my life. So yesterday was really my first exposure to it in golf. Ooh, boy. Ooh, man. Some of y'all need to chill out on your kid. Number one. And number two, some of you, I wish my kid was as passionate about this sport as sure as this dude. I'll tell you, this girl we played with, she didn't play well. I went to her afterwards and I was like, Hey, listen, I, I I've never like done this before, but just so you know, uh, I, I cover sports. I said it and I probably, that sounded weird, because she was down, man. She was down, and she was just – I mean, she was on it. You could tell she had her, her little yardage book. She had studied. She knew it. Her dad, you could tell that they went home, and they hit balls in their backyard all day or whatever until they, they got game – And they game-planned they They game-planned, man. I was impressed. And you could tell she was down because she didn't do really well. And I told her while we were walking up the incredible amount of hills at this Falcon Head or whatever it was, golf club, I said, listen, you you're, you're really good. I'm like, you need to know that. You need to know for your age, because she wasn't even a senior yet. Uh, she wasn't even a freshman yet in high school. She was just playing up. I was like, you're really good, and you need to know that, and you can't be down on yourself. So good luck. She's like, thank you. And then when we walked away, my daughter turns to me and goes, she's cheating the whole time. She's just cheating the whole time. How dare you compliment oh, her? Oh, it's crack it up. But it was really cool. And I'm grateful for the – I think it's the Thunderbird – Junior Golf League for putting these events on. It was really cool. We waited out a rain delay. Which, yeah, I was
1: going to say, how, bro, how, did, how did the weather situation On go? the
0: way down, because we had to leave. This was south of Ardmore, man. This was, this was almost to the Texas border. And Well, I mean, in my mind it is. <laughs> Everything's a blur on 35 south. It's like, how long does it take to get to so-and-so? I'm like, I don't know. You, I just get to North Texas. And then I realize I need to stop for gas. But it was, it was really cool, man. It was really cool. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy um, getting a chance to spend the day with my daughter. And then I thoroughly realized that I'm not ever going to be the Earl Wood- Woods or Richard Williams that I aspire to be in my life. <laughs> that I, the, Lord, the Lord has done for Earl and Richard what he's just not going to do for me. So I feel like he's blessed me with a very fun job. I don't get to have the fun of competitive sports with my kids, but I get to talk about sports every day. So thank you, Josh. Thank you, Connor. Uh, Casey and TJ and Brian, thank you. I don't anticipate any more of these popping up because m- my backside I ain't going to be walking up and down those golf courses anymore. She didn't lose a ball, though. Can I tell you, there's a, there's a positive, right? Oh, In yeah. her first solo tournament, one ball, all nine holes. That's not bad not bad it's better than dad has been recently but not bad so congrats to Emma and thank you all for being patient so what what I miss what what ended up being the driving force of the Plank and Josh show
1: yesterday well uh, obviously more reaction to recruiting news that feels very positive for Oklahoma we uh, we uh, talked with Tommy Tubbs and Anthony Bowie. Oh, because you
0: guys were talking to people from out at the Ryan Miner Golf Tournament too, That's right? That's right.
1: We talked to Damon Miner, so that was pretty cool. This, is Tommy, however, I
0: miss Tommy, man. I I don't know if I ever made Tommy mad at me. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He Did didn't
1: he? appear to have any... Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think there was any pent-up uh, anger toward the show yesterday. I think
0: Tommy Tubbs is an important part of Oklahoma history in making sure that we always remember how special the Billy Tubbs era was and in any comparisons that are made to the Tubbs era and the crowd to now there it, it's always with a oh man I was how about those times right so I just I, I'm glad that Tommy came on I'm glad did you get to talk to Damon Minor I we know did. that, that oh. was
1: yeah that that was uh I mean obviously a difficult situation but nice to talk to Damon how how's Ryan doing I, I don't know. Okay. I I I didn't ask that question directly, um, so I don't know. Hopefully, well. I mean, obviously, still trying to raise funds. Yeah, but, and you know, you hear stage four cancer. That's that's gonna scare you.
0: That's scary as, as all get out. So I'm I'm really glad everyone got together yesterday. I just what a cool event, you know, to to bring the Sooner Nation together. I, I think Toby and and Ted were out there, right, being a part of it, representing OU and. And the refs, that's really cool. Um, I just – Ryan Miner is one of my all-time favorites, right? I knew – he is – I think we were in college at the same time, and he was that guy that everyone was kind of like, this dude, man. And he did it. He he played essentially professionally in both sports, one of the greatest names in the history of OU basketball. Conference OU player of the
1: year. Mm.
0: Glad to uh, Glad to see everyone come together. Hope we can get – some good news
1: out of that. So that took up a lot of the show than yesterday. Yeah, that was really cool. And then uh, what else did we talk about? It's a blur, my friend. okay. Well, uh, someone asked me. It's like Fitzgerald. Hey
0: hey, so let's can we start there real quick? Sure. All right, it's Big Twelve Media Day. Um, as I understand it, the schedule I've seen, they're really not getting anything going until noon, right? I think there's a few maybe teams that are milling about. OU doesn't talk until mañana, so we'll be all in on on OU stuff tomorrow. And then on Friday, and I think we're actually back in studio on Friday, which is exciting. So um, I wasn't surprised that Pat Fitzgerald got fired. I think if you listen to this show and we laid out everything about Northwestern and that university and (laughs) just kind of some of the examples we've seen about how – and again, this isn't a complaint, but just it's very empowered – or it's empowered the student-athletes as it should – it's very much about equality across the board. And I still think there's people that are throwing a fit in the academia side in in other sports that they're building nearly a $1 billion football facility. Right? I think that there is still some outrage. And it's like, how dare we spend when, – when it's all privately funded. Right? I mean, it's all – as I understand it, they've raised the money for it. And everyone's just outraged that it would all go to that. Now – As you've seen, since Fitzgerald has been fired, there's been some other allegations that pop up, and you've had people within the community of Northwestern say, they need to pause the process of building this facility until we figure out. Guys, um, Northwestern is still a power two football program, and it's playing in a very, very good league, in a very hotbed of recruiting, and it's going to be, even though they stunk last year, which is wild to think that Pat Fitzgerald's last win came over Scott Frost in Ireland.
1: Yeah, but, that is. That, that'll be a trivia question.
0: But I just th- – they're going to be a desired job. Just like – I know this sounds crazy. Vanderbilt, when it opens, it's going to be – if it opens again, I like the coach they have right now, and we'll see. But in, in the NIL game, if these schools want to – they can get it cooking. I don't think Northwestern wants to. But in that same vein, you're going to have an on-campus facility that is elite. And then that leads to the whole battle. Do we really need to worry about facilities anymore and yada, yada, yada. But
1: You'd love to have a great facility if you can have a great facility.
0: Especially if you're a place like Northwestern. So I've been glued to the fallout of this. And then in that, I think what's equally as interesting is how it appears, Josh. And I've only been in locker rooms to interview people. Outside of, what was it, Gabe? The post game uh, of one of our trips. Whenever the plane got delayed, we sat in the locker room and ate sandwiches while we waited it out. That's my experience of being in a locker room. Celebrations, interviews. I'm not there on the day to day basis, but I think I'm blown away, Josh, by the by the myriad of different reactions to this about how different locker room environments are. You know, I sat and it was cool to talk to Coach T on Monday when we were out at the trails for Meals on Wheels, and he was telling some stories from back in his day. And it was funny because, you know, every generation it seemed like that idea of how you're going to treat someone that wants to get to your level or be a part of your organization. It's always interesting to me how that's either softened or changed, right? Right. You know, The things that you had to do to become a Sigma Chi in 1974 were much different than what Chris Plank had to deal with in 1993, which I'm sure is much different than, I don't know, whomever has to deal with in 2025 or whatever, or 2020.
1: A little less Animal House, a little more uh, 2023.
0: Yeah, a little bit more. So, again, but, I mean, everyone from That's Not Normal, from people – and these aren't – I mean – Danny Cannell, who has been like the arch enemy, the the main nemesis of the Sooner Nation, who googles up Bible verses to try to tell you how you are as a person. I'm serious. Like like, Google up Bible verses about um um or oh, what was arrogance or something like that. And literally, the Bible verse that he put on Twitter when he was trying to call out oh OU was incorrect. <laughs> right. Not only was it incorrect, but it was the first one that popped up. <laughs> So you know he was like, "What can I go for?" Arrogance. God about air. What does God say about arrogance? And I know, listen right now, there's 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 tens to thousands, hundreds and thousands of you listening that have done the same thing before. It's like, what can uh, the big man say upstairs about my wife's being ah, mean to me? Jealousy. Jealousy. There you go. But I, I, anyway, my point is, it's been Canal versus a lot of people, and it's just. I, I mean, are we having this many different experiences in locker rooms across the country? Is the idea of hazing this different on so many different levels? That's just that, – and I don't think everyone's going to be the same because you have different cultures and you have different – and by that I mean locker room cultures. But Josh Helmer, that's what blew me away in the reaction to this. I knew Fat Pat Fitzgerald was going to be fired. We yeah. knew it as soon as the student report came out and it got validated and vindicated by ESPN and others out there. It was like, okay, he's done. Right? Well,
1: and then you get the – Racial discrimination piece, too. I mean, came once, out of
0: nowhere, right?
1: Yeah, once you get that piece that dates back to, and, and though there are allegations, it, it yeah, it, it felt like, man, this is just not going in a good direction for him.
0: Things don't have to be true to cost you your job anymore. That's yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, guys, let's look. I, and, and again, disclaimer not saying that's here.
1: Well, and it sounds like, I mean, the hazing. Sounds yeah. pretty legit. Amazing yeah, was going on.
0: We, we can we can see as it pertains to the the car future wash of the, and, right. and the
1: running of players.
0: But, and, but did it surprise you to see how that's for some people like, yeah, I mean just get over it, you deal with it, and other people like that's not normal. I was a little bit shocked by that yesterday when when you saw that back
1: and forth uh on on social media and, and in our airwaves. Well, because a lot of people a lot of former athletes have lived that Hazing uh, life in some form or fashion. I mean, obviously, there's a a big line between, you know, do my laundry or carry my bags. You know, that's reasonable hazing. Right. Dancing naked with masks would not fit into that same category.
0: That's right. All right, you want to take a break? You good? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pumped to see your face while doing the show. Parker Thune is coming up at nine thirty-five. He is. On his way down to Arlington, have we started to figure out which players we want off Northwestern yet? Has that part of social media started yet?
1: Oh, well, if it hasn't, we we need to.
0: Yeah, I was looking up and down the roster, and I saw a few guys, and I thought,
1: yeah, I could, a nice little
0: fit here. Could help us out a little I bit. I saw someone tweet that really early yesterday. I mean, like, really early, and I laughed. But then by midday, I was like, well, let me see what the Northwestern <laughs> roster looks like. <laughs> what do those player stats look like? All right, quick break. We'll start talking Big 12 Media Day next on The Ref. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Sports Radio Network. It was – I had so many good jokes that I, I kind of pulled out of because I thought I better wait. But the Robbie Lawler press conference that he did, I, I wanted to tweet, man, Dave Aranda's really got impressive skills in the ring, in the cage. And I was like, ah, I could see a Baylor fan getting mad about that. I don't want to. But I only bring it up because the first thing I do when I pop on Big12sports.com to double check the schedule is see there's Dave Aranda's shining head. <laughs> Boy, what, a, what an interesting day. So Parker's on his way to Big 12 Media Day. He's going to join us in 10 minutes from now to give us the scoop. I'm sure we'll mix in a crouton question or two if you guys want me to ask. him, me up at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Um, but you get the, the commissioner talking at noon, and then it's followed by TCU – Houston, Houston, Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, and BYU. And that's your day. BYU will start chatting at about three fifty. Now, tomorrow's program, Josh, we actually do get everything going in the morning, right? Oh, look, you've got where'd you get that? Where'd you find that?
1: It's, Pre- it's just right here.
0: I see it, but I, I don't know why I don't have a link to that.
1: Here, I'll send it right to you.
0: Send it right to me. Do, do Work a little magic. So tomorrow, at least at the dais, which is when my schedule has, you'll have we'll have Kansas State, uh, UCF, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Iowa State, and then maybe we can work something out with our affiliates because Brent is supposed to meet with the media at 11 a.m. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, Coach Venables is supposed to meet with the media at 11.50 a.m., they're usually pretty much on time for these events, but I, I wonder if we'll be able to bring that to you, maybe uninterrupted on the stream or something. Definitely
1: on the the head coach at the the lectern at the podium interview. Right. That's it's like hey, it's one o'clock. Okay, here we go.
0: Yeah, they're they're very much on time on that front. So
1: and the coaches are like, yeah, oh, that's okay. I don't need to run long here. See, ya. right? No, exactly.
0: They listen. If there is one thing that I have learned during my many many trips to Big Twelve Media Day it is that there is no one that wants to be there less than the coaches want to be there. (laughs) So if there is a way to get out of there early, then you absolutely go and do it. All right, so, yeah, that schedule was pretty much on for yesterday. uh, And it's pretty much on today. The only thing I don't see, Josh, this year that I know I'm about the only person that nerds out and loves, I don't see the meeting with the, the head of officiating. In 2023. Is that, are they not doing that this year? Because
1: normally it would be right before the commissioner, right?
0: Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. That time, whenever we sat in there and Charles Davis and who's the guy that, oh, why am I blanking? Former NFL player. Oh, Brian Baldinger. When Charles Davis and Brian Baldinger were sitting in the front row, just skewering, I think it was Walt Anderson at the time, about uh, targeting and, and and they're just – it's just like tennis. Back and forth. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And then they went into uh, – then they went into like holding penalties and alignment penalties, and you're like, huh. all right, see you later. All right, I'm out. But again, Oklahoma is sending for their uh, date with the media tomorrow. Dylan Gabriel – Drake Stoops, Danny Stutzman, and again, Jonah Laula. Coach Venables has always said something interesting to me about players that get these opportunities, like Big 12 Media Day, even post-game pressers and things of that nature. He's always kind of viewed it as an honor for these guys to go and represent OU and to be able to speak to the media. And I think, maybe I'm Totally getting too carried away by some storyline that isn't as big a deal as some might think it is. But am I making too much of it being a pretty big deal that Jonah Laula is a guy that's representing OU at Big 12 Media Days this year?
1: Well, Dylan Gabriel, Danny Stutzman, Drake Stoops, those three slam dunks that each of those three are going to be big-time contributors to this football team, right? Right. So, no, from that, Jonah Laulu being there, I mean – to me, means that they think he's going to be a legitimate factor inside. I would think so. Now, now you know, one, one year, to the older, to the wiser, has been around the Brent Venables system. I mean, maybe it's just one of the best leaders on the team. But, uh, yeah, no, count me in the camp that absolutely okay. I'm putting a little into it.
0: Last year, just for those that are keeping tabs, the four that Oklahoma sent were Ethan Downs, Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims, and Woody Washington. So, you know, four guys that ended up being a major part sure. of Oklahoma's team last season. And if you – I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think we have to go back to 2021, but, you know, I, if, if I remember correctly – hold on, let me see if I can figure this. Oklahoma Media is Big 12. But if I can remember correctly, in, in 2021, it was three guys that ended up – you know, we, we thought they were going to play a major part for Oklahoma that season and Spencer Rattler. And let's see, who else did Oklahoma send? They sent Rattler and Jeremiah Hall and Nick Benito. No, you know what? As a matter of fact, I take that back. They didn't send Rattler. They only sent Jeremiah Hall and Nick Benito. Rattler didn't make the trip, which ended up looking back, you're like, ah, okay, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. But it's, it's consistently been, been guys that end up being major parts of that team. So I wouldn't undersell it, but also I'm not kind of losing my mind about it either. So what else are we going to learn? Let's, let's find out next. Our man Parker Thune is on his way down to Arlington. He'll join us live on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line next, right here on The Ref. All right, The, uh, the Ref has you covered at Big 12 Media Day. Courtesy of our next guest, OU Insider. Noon to two with the Steel Man, two to three with locked in a Parker Thune. Is in the house. Good morning, Parker. How is, uh, wait, before we get to the importance of Big 12 Media Day, how's wedding planning going? Is all good?
2: Man, it's it's kind of a bear. I'm not going to kid you. There's a lot of logistical details to keep straight. But, you know, we're managing. We're like a little over three weeks out now. So it's getting close. Feeling like the finish line is near. <laughs> so, yeah, all in all, it's going well.
0: That's good. That's good, man. Just do what I did and, 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 don't suggest anything and then act shocked. It's like a birth. It's like a surprise party. It's like, oh, look at this! Look at all this cool <laughs> stuff here um, today. Obviously, not a lot of OU stuff that we'll get to today, but maybe some OU talk. How do you see Brett Yormark? Um, and and I don't know if, if this meeting with the media is important to you, but do you see this continuing to be an aggressive approach when it comes to uh, when it comes to potential expansion or or where the league is now? How do you see Brett Yormark handling that today?
2: And if, if we know anything about Brett, your mark is that he's going to think outside the box, right? He's going to approach this thing from a big-picture point of view, and I think a lot depends on what happens out with the Pac-12 in the long term for the Big 12. Because, I mean, your mark has said he'd like to have more than 12 teams even after Oklahoma and Texas depart. So if that creates a window to add you know, maybe like in Arizona, Arizona State, or Utah, Colorado, if there's something to that effect that's on the table where you can add some brands that you feel good about and that will help the conference's bottom line. Because, for instance, you take a look at the Pac-12's expansion, well, not necessarily expansion plans, but some of the uh, possibilities that have been thrown out there, like the Pac-12's adding rice in some people's minds, and there's just no no benefit for the Pac-12 athletically to add a program like Rice, right? So for the Big 12, I think what your mark's going to try to do in the long run is once Oklahoma and Texas are out the door, uh, you know, he's he's very forward-thinking. He looks at things from the big-picture standpoint, and if the Big 12 does elect to re-expand once Oklahoma and Texas are out of the picture, I think it's going to be with – brands that carry some weight in athletic circles it's not going to be just anybody
0: Mm, I uh, I hear that I'm so intrigued to see what that next step is and here's the other thing I wonder how long Brett Yormark is for the Big 12 because I don't know about you Parker but I, I see this type of vision and what he's done you can't help but think someone over at the Big Ten might say alright, we need some innovation like that, or, or even with professional leagues might see it right now, right Josh? I mean, he could be, there could be, not not to dog the Big 12 Parker on day one of the Big 12 media days, there could be bigger and better things for him in the future.
2: No, there definitely could be, and I think that's where, you know, that's where it's going to become all the more pivotal for the Big 12 to stay one step ahead of the curve, and they're doing that under your marks leadership, but if if there comes a point at which there is another suitor for your mark services, then it's going to be up to the other powers that be in the big 12 circle to make sure that they can retain that leadership and make sure that they have the visionary behind all of their plans going forward uh, and that they can retain his services and be able to keep him out front and running points on all of what the big 12 wants to do. I mean, look, it's, In the day and age that we live in, Plank, and you know this as well as anyone, we're getting to a point, especially in college football, where it's the SEC and the Big Ten and it's everybody else. And if you're the Big 12, what you don't want in the long run, I think it's a reversible trend, right? But right now the Big 12 is kind of looped into the everybody else category. And so it takes a guy like your, Mark, and it takes some big plans and it takes some bold strategies to be able to position your conference in such a manner as to where 10, 20 years down the road, it's not just the SEC and the Big Ten and everybody else, it's the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big 12 and everybody else.
1: I I think those are good thoughts and and no doubt, and probably to me you're you're going to need a a splash along the way if that's the case, And, and I'm looking at you, Florida State, Clemson, others like that of that ilk. The uh, the lineup for today, day one. You, you got a couple of newcomers in the league in Houston and in BYU. You've got uh, the Offensive Player of the Year in Jalen Daniels with Kansas, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas. What do you make of uh, the lineup for day one? What storylines are you most intrigued by today?
2: Man, you know, I just <laughs> I'm more just showing up today for the kicks and the giggles. I don't think there's going to be a ton of storylines that come out of day one, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, Mike Gundy is always the big-ticket entertainment an event like this, and obviously with Brent Venables going last, there's a lot more – I think there's a lot more intrigue on the docket for tomorrow than there is for today. But, man, these newcomers – I mentioned this uh, when I was on at 7.30 with Toby, but this is going to be interesting to kind of feel out the vibe of Big 12 media days with these four new schools – and their respective beats in the picture because uh, Houston being there isn't going to necessarily feel entirely out of the ordinary, but BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, there's going to be a little little bit of a culture shock, I think, for both parties just to take stock of Big 12 media days in Arlington with those three geographical outliers in the picture. So it ought to be an interesting day.
0: Parker Thune is our guest. Okay, a couple more and we'll let you get out of here. First, um, I don't think we'll get a chance to talk to you tomorrow, so let's just go ahead and ask about the Oklahoma contingent. Uh, You've been asked about this hundreds of times on Locked In and on the uh, Steelman and Thune at Noon show. Were you shocked at all, or does it give you a good indication of how the offseason has gone for Jonah Laula, that he's the guy that's representing OU here tomorrow?
2: I'll be honest, I I was a little bit surprised just because – Laulu is a transfer who's only spent a single year at Oklahoma. And, you know, in that, when you look at things from that standpoint and you're mindful of the fact that he doesn't necessarily have the highly conspicuous role on the football team that a guy like Dylan Gabriel has, uh, generally, historically, you've been used to uh, your representatives being guys like Oklahoma born and bred kid and Ethan Downs last year or a consummate sooner in Justin Royals or a guy that has repeatedly denied opportunities to make the jump at the next level in order to stick things out at Oklahoma in Woody Washington. So Laulu was kind of the surprise candidate amongst the four. Obviously, it's really easy to see why Brent Venables would have tabbed Dylan Gabriel and Danny Stutzman and obviously Drake Stoops, but I think it is a testament to how far Laulu has come uh, and how respected he is. You also got to keep in mind, when Oklahoma hosted the number one defensive player in the country for his official visit last month in Williams-Wanary, and it was Laulu that hosted him on the official visit. So obviously there's a lot of trust there. Oh. Uh, he's taken on a leadership role, and there's a lot to be excited about, especially with Jonah Laulu moving inside this year for his sixth year of collegiate competition. I wonder if that's the type of guy in 2023 that isn't just regarded as a leader in the locker room but somebody who can take a quantum leap in terms of his production on the football field because Oklahoma's going to need that at defensive tackle.
0: And, and I know we're, we're, Josh is going to wrap with a Cruton question for you, but I, I, I want to just get one final thought in on today, Parker. You mentioned I, I feel the same way. There's not a storyline. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Dana Holgerson. In. I'm intrigued to see how, you know, uh, obviously Kehlani Satake handles things today. They've all been in these settings. But for some reason, boy, I'm really intrigued by Lance Leipold and, and Dave Aranda. Because, you know, Randa's team had that breakout second season and then fell off the face of the earth. I'm curious to see if that was the anomaly last year, or if this team might struggle. And then I wonder if Lance Leipold's getting ready to lead, hey, a Kansas team that's going to be a problem in this league for years to come. I think those are two interesting trajectories and maybe we'll learn a little bit more about how their coaches feel today in Baylor and Kansas.
2: Yes, certainly, and I have my apprehensions about Baylor just based on some of the stuff I've heard from an organizational, administrative standpoint on where things are at within that football program. And it's surprising. It it was surprising for me to learn that a program under the direction of somebody as detail-oriented as Dave Aranda would be having problems like that, but it sounds like there is some inward dissension at Baylor that I'm curious to see whether they can resolve uh, and be you know be able to crank out some wins on the football field this fall and uh, kind of flip the narrative of Aranda's tenure. Because last year did kind of come out of the blue, but it did raise a lot of red flags and alarm signals for Baylor fans, no question about it, coming off a season in which Baylor, quite surprisingly, won the Big 12 championship in Aranda's second year there. And then for Kansas, man, I love Lance Lightfold. Love him, love the leadership he brings to the table, I think. It takes the right type of coach for a job like that Kansas job, and there's no question in my mind, and never was, that Leifold is the guy. The question was always with how deep of a hole Kansas was in as a football program, could anybody dig them out of it to a satisfactory point? And in just two years, Lance Leifold has been able to accomplish that. He's got that that program recruiting quite well again. And so everything points in an upward positive direction for Kansas football right now. And I agree in the new Big 12, as long as you can keep Leipold there, as long as you can keep him in Lawrence, and he doesn't seem too eager to make the jump to whatever the next job is. If that were the case, he'd have gone to Nebraska this past offseason. But as long as you can keep him in Lawrence, I think the future is shockingly bright for that Kansas program.
1: Well, I think you answered my next question with uh, a comment you just shared right there on Lance Leipold. Parker Thune, by the way, in the house with us of OU Insider with uh, with rivals, and of course uh, you can hear him every day right here alongside Mike Steely from twelve to two, and alongside Tyler McComas from two to three for Locked In. Aranda, Leipold, Climan. I saw Staples trying to link that trio to uh, to Northwestern. Oh, and any of those names? Any possibility in your mind?
2: Man, I that Northwestern job, and I mentioned this yesterday. Right now, today, it is not a very attractive job.
0: Ding, ding, ding. And
2: it's not yeah, it's not the type of thing where that might change two, three years down the road. I think like, that could change within a week. What makes it an attractive, or what makes it an unattractive job right now, is not the fact that Northwestern's coming off a one and eleven season, or uh, any of that program's ineptitude on the football field. Because as Leipold has demonstrated. You can turn that around pretty quickly if you have the right leadership in place and the right cast of characters. What makes that Northwestern job unattractive right now is how much dissension there is amongst the donors and boosters and administration and involved parties at the top of the food chain that are all in disagreement with one another over the way that the Pat Fitzgerald situation was handled. So uh, Northwestern has $800 million on the table for facility enhancements and a new stadium over the next few years. And a lot of the folks that are providing that financial backing are pretty displeased at the moment because Fitzgerald had been there for 17 years. He was the face of Northwestern football and they did not want to see things end for him the way that they did. And so until you smooth over everything with the people that have the most power within the Northwestern football circle, I don't know that you can present a compelling pitch to a head coach who already has a stable job like Leipold or Kleiman or Aranda and say, hey, these are all the reasons why you should come to Northwestern. Now, geographically, it is pretty attractive. It is a Big Ten job. Those facility enhancements are going to be big. But for where that program is right now in terms of the, the tension amongst the leadership, I wonder if you could pull a name that big. I don't mm. question that they'll get a name that's reasonably significant in the landscape of college football, but somebody like Chris Kleiman or Lance Leifold or Dave Aranda, no, not right now.
1: Did you want to add anything on the recruiting side, Josh? Yeah, just the, the quarterback offer. Were you uh, probably nothing uh, in the way of Oklahoma recruiting? I don't imagine it's surprising you, Parker, but what do you make of Trevor Jackson picking up an offer from OU?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of been the design from within the Switzer Center for quite some time that Oklahoma takes two quarterbacks in the 2024 class. Uh, Michael Hawkins, their commit right now is just fine with that. He is not going to back down from competition. He welcomes uh, the idea that Oklahoma could bring in a second quarterback. Now, they had been targeting Samaj Jones, the four-star quarterback out of Philadelphia. He picked Cincinnati uh, about a week and a half back, and ever since then, Oklahoma had kind of been doing due diligence On some late risers at the quarterback position, Trevor Jackson had a standout performance at the Elite 11 last month. And so he was one guy that came onto the radar. Oklahoma established contact late last week, and that obviously culminated in the offer last night. So Hmm. uh, one to watch, for sure, because the Oklahoma offer, when you look at his offer sheet as a whole, easily the most prestigious school in the market for Trevor Jackson. So worth paying attention to, I think. And he also has a connection with Jaden Gibson. He was Gibson's quarterback when Gibson was a senior at 2021 at West Orange High and Florida. Hmm, interesting.
0: All right, you're the man. Parker, safe travels buddy and have a fun, uh, a blast today and tomorrow.
2: Thanks fellas. See you
0: soon. Parker Thune. OU, uh, wait, hold on, not OU on the air. OUinsider.com Probably OU on the air very shortly. It could be. Yeah, it's fine. We'll take you, Parker. Uh, also, you can find Parker on Twitter, which is the way that I keep up with Parker Thune. It is at Parker Thune, T-H-U-N-E.
1: He's one of, those, uh, one of those lucky ones that it was just waiting for him. That is true. You've, you know. So did you know that. to get your first and last name Did on you Twitter.
0: know that I had mine? And then I was like, yeah, I want to do something else. And as soon as I didn't. <laughs> gone. Gone. And the dude hasn't tweeted in seven years. And it's gone. I, oh, someone already has Plank Show on threads. They squatted on it. Really? I did look into it last night.
1: Well, you have to. I had to. We have to plan to move forward. I, right? have, to, I have to prepare we have for to the end of Twitter
0: for the 86th time in the last year. We have I to mean,
1: position this show to be successful par- into the future.
0: My parlor account, my Blue Sky account never really took off. But, hey, this Threads account, look out. What were I- you going to say? Um, You're going to ask me something? I was going to ask you something. I was going to ask you something. I'll, th- I'll, I'll think about it during the break and remember so we don't blow the clock too much up yet. <laughs> I think it had everything to do with football, which is what we're diving into next on The wrap. if you are Pat Fitzgerald, you need to pick a wrong time to have something go wrong, right? There's absolutely nothing going on in the sports world. We're in that three-day void where there is, well, two of the three days where there's zero games going on. Now there's Wimbledon matches, but I mean, you in a football crazy world with a topic that seems to become so polarizing... You could not have asked for a worse time to have something like this go down.
1: And you say that, and you've got the wheels in my brain ticking a totally different direction.
0: Oh, yeah? Go ahead.
1: Was this borderline brilliant from the powers that be at Northwestern to make this move and have this come to light in the midst of, like you said... A dead season on the calendar. Because now, guess what the conversation is? I'm asking Parker through that question, how good of a job is this? I mean, there are people asking questions about Northwestern that nobody's asked before. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's It's fascinating.
0: But I find myself maybe a little bit on the opposite side just because of how much the administration has screwed up the original punishment.
1: But, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it there definitely wasn't a master plan. I got you.
0: But I, I just I, – I find it interesting. You know, Guy says, thinking Northwestern at its best is a step up from Baylor, delusional. I I don't know if you're looking at that from a positive or a negative side, Guy, but it's if they go forth with the facility and knowing, you know, the amount of income you're getting from the new Big Ten media deal, if that's still a thing, because remember – I'm old enough to remember a month ago, whenever they hadn't d- signed on the dotted line on the deal yet from NBC, because on his way out, uh, Kevin Warren. Warren had promised Kevin a bunch Bacon. of stuff. Kevin Kevin Thames <laughs> had promised a bunch of stuff that he couldn't he couldn't deliver. So I don't even know where that deal is. But I think it's a I think it's a good job. All right, when we come back, expectations for Big Twelve Media Day. And there was a graphic that was tweeted by a Texas guy last night that I don't necessarily think is a good thing. I have never heard of, like, a super five-star in my life, but I guess we create anything. Five-star plus. Five-star plus, right? Where does this come from? We'll dive into it next.